Welcome to the podcast. We're street smart, business smart, all kinds of smart people share their insights into the world of marketing, career journeys, and personal growth. So sit back and prepare to get enlightened with your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal growth to help you harness your inner tenacity and drive your career forward. My guest today, James Hornick, is a seasoned talent acquisition pro and partner at Hirewell, where he has specialized in the recruitment of marketing and tech pros since 2005. So he's been through he's been through the ups and downs of the economy, and we'll certainly talk about that. And he created digi- uh, Hirewell's digital experience and marketing recruiting practice while also leading the firm's internal digital marketing initiatives, and BizDev. And we're going to talk about all that and a whole lot more. Uh, Prior tenure, uh, he worked at Enterprise Tech with sales at Alchemy and Worldcom. And he believes in building lasting relationships through honesty, transparency, as well as telling the jokes, which sometimes end up to be funny. And I think that's how we connected, right? Like, I believe, James, if I think my joke is funny, that's all that really matters. I'm kind of selfish with my jokes, you know, and and (laughs) I'll definitely take your jokes on that. Um, And in spare time, he trades financial derivatives. So he's a little bit of a nerd, lifts weights. I really can't tell from his button down shirt and struggles to learn (laughs) Spanish. Muy difícil. James and I have been connected for a bit. I admire the success he has had in the recruitment industry and the solid advice he is always giving. And he continues to add value. And this should certainly be a lively chat. So let's dig in. James Hornick, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thanks for having me. Pause. We are here. here. (laughs) We are all here. We are all here. We are in the age of coronavirus. We're doing everything we can on LinkedIn. So let's start here. Um, You know, I think I did a pretty thorough introduction, but I always love to ask folks, especially recruiters, like, tell us your career story real quick. Like, as you would kind of coach a candidate, like, give us that elevator pitch in 90 seconds, man. Yeah. So um, I, dating myself. So you know, back in, I graduated in year 2000. So I've been, my career is, you know, 20 years into this. Damn. Um, you know, and at that point in time, like I, I was, my, my first job was really getting into tech sales. Like I really enjoyed technology, wasn't a technologist by trade. Um, the first job I got was with a company um, that actually brought me to Chicago, a company called UUNet, which was part of WorldCom, which, you know, if it wasn't for Enron, you WorldCom would probably be the most well-known oh, of all time. <laughs> they got overshadowed a bit, but that was uh, yeah, an experience, you. you know, like the stuff you see in movies, you know, when you're in your early 20s, you think stuff like this doesn't happen. You find out right away it does. But it was still a good, uh, good experience, kind of just understanding sales. And I work with Akamai Technologies, um, which was a great company, still have nothing but great things to say about those guys. But um, so, yeah, how, um, how I got into recruiting. So two recessions ago, love saying that um two recessions ago right not the third one coming up yeah the tech recession um you know things got tough um it was very in i guess my experience from tech sales also soured me a little bit because like i had um there were a couple times where you would sell something some widget some piece of technology that just didn't work um and i really like the idea of um you know kind of things I like the idea of getting into recruiting and kind of making that shift because at least I knew the fulfillment that I do mm-hmm. and you know, I'm responsible for it if I do a good job, but also like you're inherently there's an aspect where you're helping people um, and kind of what's and what they're doing. So it was, I mean, recruiting is a sales job, as you know. So 
Um, it was very much just kind of making a, a small pivot kind of in a different you know area. But and I liked it better. I like the accountability. I like knowing that, you know, the success or failure is more up to me versus me selling something that someone else created. So that was really what kind of got me into it originally. So that's fantastic. So let's talk about Harwell for a minute there. I'll give you your chance to plug it. You know, we were talking about it offline, you know, why how are you guys different than all the other recruiting agencies out there? So I've been with Hirewall since 2005. Um, so it's been you know 15 years. Um, and I guess the, the things that were very much, um, we like working with people and having very close relationships where we're very long-term focused. I'm very much against the short-term, and I, I ran about this all the time on LinkedIn. I think that most of the problems in the recruiting industry are focused on short-term, immediate, end-of-month kind of closed metrics. And we're more focused on actually trying to solve hiring challenges for companies. And um, I could go in a lot of directions with this answer, but um, one thing we did that's different than a lot of other companies, we built out five separate recruiting teams. Actually, got a sixth one now that I slipped my mind. But so when I started, my career was very focused in tech recruiting. When we were four people in the early days, that's what we did. Um, but we always wanted to be able to do more so we can fulfill across an organization. We do HR recruiting, digital mm -hmm. experience, marketing, sales, finance, and accounting. Right, so it's pretty diversified as yeah. a solution provider for a company. You could come in and not just be your marketing, but you could come in and also pitch. You know, we also handle HR, your back of house, all these other you know functionality. Yeah, and it's also, them, some of them. It's, yeah. it's also making scalable solutions. And that's, that's kind of the bigger piece is that we have, um, we actually just launched a, a case study site, which ties in actual client feedback. So you can hear their words and in their own words, but um, working with companies where if it's, you know, if they have a large hiring initiative or they had someone go on maternity leave or they got a round of funding or something where it's all of a sudden they, one day they had to hire X, now they need to hire two or three X. Scalability you know, element. We can have someone actually assist them, not just with the sourcing, but all the back end stuff. So in terms of like setting up interviews, ATS management, all the heavy lifting HR stuff while still working with the rest of the organization. So there's a higher level of service, but we're also able to do it at a lower price than contingent services, which mm. are pretty high. So especially for trying to hire a ton. So it's just a different business model that makes more sense for us and our clients. So in it's, yeah. you have to have a level of professionalism and trust and not focused on, you know, again, those crappy short-term metrics, which I think drives the quality down in recruiting. So. And, that, and that's fascinating too. I mean, that's, that's my model, you know, for, for NHP talent group. I mean, I moved away from, from strict contingency and we'll talk about, you know, how contingency might, is hopefully moving away, but it's about adding value, right? Like what else could you do? Those days of the big fee, right? Like what else could you provide me? You know, if we're, if we're, if we're, you know, doling out 20% just to fill a warm body in the seat, no, it's mm -hmm. got to be it's got to be added value. And and there's so many recruiters out there. And the first thing I want to talk about before we get into innovation uh, is the barrier to entry. It's so easy for anybody to be a recruiter. There's no license. There's no test you need to take. You don't need to do anything. You know, I personally think that there should kind of like a series seven, like for financial uh, investments, there should be a test for recruiting. What are your thoughts on that? test for recruiting what would you yeah that seriously <laughs> I'd, fail, I'd fail that test right now no but like think about it like yeah you, you know there's certain criteria you need to meet to really understand i mean if you want to get technical about it right there's certain laws in mm -hmm. new york state i can't ask yeah you know with the compensation but certain things that say like i'm a certified recruiter i've passed this test you know there's a value to that as well i'm just curious on your thoughts yeah, I could I could see it. I mean, who's going to administer it, though? That's the thing. You know what I mean? Like, who's who's this central body for re recruitment and authority? Department you know of mean? Recruitment so Division of the would, Interior yeah, Department so of Recruiting. I, I like the idea of making sure there's a baseline competency. I just yeah. really question whether it can be pulled off because really, who's the expert in this? And, yeah. you know, how's that would be my issue. So, um, yeah. yeah, just a little I, curveball I, there. 
Yeah, so, I like it, but I don't think it's feasible. Cool. So let's get back <laughs> to innovation a little bit. And, you know, why do you think contingency is stupid? <laughs> I, so I think if you go back 20, 30 years or so, right, um, it's, it was a different marketplace than it is now. And skill sets, take any area, take technology, everything was very much more, I don't want to say, everything was a little bit more generic. So I'm trying to remember the early days when I got into recruiting. If you had, even before that, you know, .NET and Java, right? Those were like the two main languages people kind of always hired for. But right. there wasn't a lot of differentiation past that. If you needed a front-end developer, you needed someone who HTML, CSS, JavaScript, those were like what you needed. Like the course. But now, mm-hmm. Yeah, but now it's like there's a countless unlimited number of like JavaScript libraries that could be a hard requirement for something. Or in, in Microsoft or any other area, there's there's it's much more specific it's gotten broader in terms of the types of things people could look for. And it's everything is much more fine-lined. Point being, we've gone from a marketplace where if you just had you know, a pool of candidates and you were able to supply them to somebody, they were probably going to hire one. Whereas now every single search you do is true headhunting. Mm-hmm. It's much more specific. It's much more time intensive. So the, the challenge is that um, companies sometimes... First off, there's no buy-in from the company side. We're doing contingent. So no everything is game. everything's become a purple squirrel hunt. So if you get a really, really hard wreck and you're just saying, saying this to be kind of more self-serving, you know, you're going to kind of tune out um, if you're getting, you know, if, if the client's expectations are unrealistic and it's contingent, you're going to move on to something else that's a little more realistic. Right. You're chasing the, you're chasing the yeah. dollar and the opportunity. Meanwhile, the client thinks that you're just if they're what they typically do is they're going to then, you know, farm out to more firms and they're going to send the same requirements out. And pretty soon they've sent it out to five or 10 different places and they've all having the same experience. And they also also realize that all these other firms are working on. So pretty much everyone throws their hands up and then the client thinks, OK, everyone just sucks. No one can get it done. Um, the the real goal is to um, be able to work with companies and have a true partnership on a firm where you're able to articulate, okay, this is why this may not be realistic or um, being able to kind of have a two-way feedback, but it's time intensive. You know what I mean? So it's the kind of thing where without having that type of buy-in and not to mention it's expensive. So honestly, when we do retain stuff, like we're typically doing it, that's the other problem with like the traditional retain search is also a train wreck because the whole 33 and a third, it's, it's like the, the classic modeling in terms of price. Right. We're like a third up front, a third before. It's, yeah. it's insane because that made sense back in the days when, okay, when before LinkedIn, right. When there were actually proprietary databases, right. There were indexes, right? Like your network was proprietary, right? It was your network. Yeah. You, now you none of that like physical. Propri- physical yeah. Right? Now it's so, everywhere. We, I mean, when we do retain work, we're doing it for less than contingent, not more than contingent typically. Exactly. So um, we think it's important to, from us side, you know, on a, on a self-serving note, making sure we're getting 100% buy-in and making sure we're getting guaranteed business. But we want to make sure also in return supplying a higher level of service as well as, you know, a lower, typically a lower price point, depending on the volume of certain things. So, but I think um, can, the idea of contingent from a recruiting standpoint, um, there's still places where it can make sense. But um, I think as the market has become more and more specific, we've moved away from an area where there's pools of talent, where there's lots of people doing the same thing because requirements have become much more particular, like, like I said, specific, where 
that's not the case anymore. Everything is like truly a headhunting search. So. Yeah, and, and 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 if I want to just kind of tap into current events right now, it's it's fascinating what I'm seeing that there's never, and, and you've seen this before because you've been through two of these recessions, never in my recruiting lifetime have I seen so much A-list talent readily available on the market. So mm -hmm. there's two things here. One, do, do clients, can't they just go out and do it themselves, right? I'm, I'm hearing that a little bit too, right? Like, why am I going to pay somebody to go do that when there's so much incredible inbound coming right now versus seven weeks ago? Um, and two, I think also as recruiters, I think it would be prudent of us to help everybody by not poaching right, during this time to not poach people that are currently working because there's so many good people out of work. What are your thoughts on these two points? Um, the first point, I mean, the first point, I don't know if the market really makes a difference. I mean, I think that all companies have the idea that they can do it themselves. And here's the thing, like if you can do it yourself through referrals and whatnot reliably, you should, right? Absolutely. Like I've, I've always said that, um, the challenge is that a lot of times that, um, you know, companies that are looking to hire think things are easier than they are. They don't realize how specific these skill sets are until they get like knee deep into it. Or they might hire an internal recruiter. And you and I know this like just from being recruiters. Like I can't recruit on everything. I'm not an expert in every single area. You're not a generalist. So yeah, yeah like I, I, you asked me to recruit. Like we have a team that does finance and accounting. I'm not on that team. I don't know how to do their job. I don't know how to like qualify these people. I get them involved. But if, you've, if you have a lot of, you're looking for top tier talent across lots of different areas in the organization, the chances are like hiring one recruiter isn't going to be able to do a great job um, in, in terms of equally in, in kind of all those areas. Um, you know, it should be an easier, right? In terms of like the current market, yeah, it should be easier right now for companies to kind of do it on their own, but that doesn't mean they still have the talent in-house that knows how to actually do it, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a higher, it's a hiring market. You know what I mean? It went from a candidate driven market to a hiring market like overnight. So, and what do you think about not poaching right now? You know, um, like also, from a philosophical kind of standpoint, right? Like. You know, I mean, like, it's, I, I believe that candidates, if you're work just because you have a job, doesn't mean you should stay there. Right. If, if true. you, if you're currently working right now and you don't like your job and there's a better opportunity out there, like it's, why wouldn't you go after it? It's not the recruiter right. or anyone else's fault that I mean, ever, I believe in everyone gets to make their own decisions and I, I wouldn't be in. So I, I think that's more of the decision of the candidate that if, uh, if they want to leave their job, it's up to them. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a free market too. So I want to talk about, you know, your process at Hirewell for hiring recruiters. You know, how do you how do you go about hiring a recruiter? What are some of those initial questions that you ask to see? Well, there's two things. There's there's new recruiters. I don't know if you hire fresh brand new recruiters like kind of out of school um, and then two season recruiters. What's your approach there? So most of the time nowadays, we hire a lot more seasoned recruiters than we do junior recruiters. So we still I think it's important to be able to kind of develop your own talent in-house. But um, our our approach to hiring people really comes down to we want to create an environment where people want to work here, right? Mm -hmm. Like it sounds obvious, but no, there's if, a big difference in recruiting firms, right? There's chop shots, sweatshops, yeah. relationship places. So one, our business model is a little more solutions focused. So it's a little more interesting and it's a little more engaging. Like we're doing some interesting things from the business model standpoint that other companies aren't doing, which is, which is exciting to a lot of people. Two, um, we have a lot of breadth of different roles. You know, we brought a breadth of different skill areas and stuff we work in. And we typically have a lot more senior staff. The, the thing is, is that ever since I've been here, like we're just not a chop shop. We're just, we like, we want to create an environment where people are challenged, where people, everyone treats each other with respect. There's no, 
you know, we never have scenarios where people are fighting over territory. Splits, and stuff yeah, like they're that. not getting like, into territorial battles. Yeah, matches. if you just if you make it, it's not hard. If you just make an environment where people actually enjoy showing the work because it's not cutthroat and then everyone's, you know, kind of going towards the same goal, like it's it's just a lot easier to attract people. Plus, I mean, frankly, a lot of these firms underpay. You know, so if you're just right. pay a little better than than what the, what the market is, you know, it's, it's attracting people. Plus, frankly, a lot of the stuff we're doing, like a, like a lot of what I talk about on LinkedIn, you know, is, um, people can, it's, we're transparent in terms of what we're about. So it just makes it easier Very. to attract people. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a part about recruitment marketing too, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah. So, um, you know, but in terms of hiring, you know, senior people, it kind of comes down to what the, what the needs we have internally are and, um, you know, we have different parts of the organization where we need people with different types of skill sets and backgrounds. So we're always, you know, kind of open to talking to people and seeing, but we always want to understand kind of what, um, where our client needs are, what aspects of the business we see more growth in. And we kind of target that in terms of junior people. We, we also hire people at more junior levels, but we never want to, we want to make sure we have enough people, senior people that have the bandwidth to do the training, which I think is important because I think that's one mistake that, um, uh, a lot of companies make is, you know, they hire too many junior people at once where they can't actually train them properly. And give and it's the time. Kind of, yeah, it's a disservice to everybody. You know, you're not setting people up for success when you, if you're, you're trying to overdo it. And I know, again, it comes down to like a lot of, a lot of the organizations that are shop shops do it because it's cheaper talent. And it's and, and burn. It's churn and burn. burn right? so, it's style and smile, right? Like that's what yeah. they're, but that's the, that's the, that's the old mentality, right? That's the old, so one, one question I love to ask seasoned recruiters, right? If you had a day one recruiter, you know, sitting in front of you in your office on the first day, you've already showed them around and everything. What's the one golden piece of advice you would give that recruiter to be successful in our industry? Um, ask, you have to be, you can't be afraid to ask for help because, um, recruiting is an this like to anybody who's new, it makes no sense at all. <laughs> Everything is counterintuitive. Like, I don't know anybody who like day one is like, Oh, this makes perfect sense. Like you're having a lot of uncomfortable conversations with a lot of people. It's not apparent as to why right away. It's no one, it doesn't really come naturally to anybody. So, and, um, I think a lot of people, um, struggle to understand kind of the why of what they're doing. And once they start to understand that, it makes more sense and they really excel. So um, I would say just make sure you're asking questions and wrapping your head around kind of what the the methodology is, why you're doing the things you're being asked to do. Because um, when you do that, it's I think it's an easier it's easier to pick up. So yeah, that's that's fantastic. So let's talk about some current events right now. Uh, you know, the age of COVID in recruiting. Uh, I mean, I, I could speak from my own personal experience. You know, my business was doing really well up until about seven weeks ago. And then, you know, shit hit the fan. We hit this brick wall and companies uh, either stopped, stopped hiring, they furloughed people, they let people go. So depending on your industry, you know, there's a lot of open recruit. There's a lot of recruiters on the market. There's a lot of recruiters out of work, independent recruiters like myself. So you need to be able to pivot. You need to be able to pivot, pivot and add value and create new lines of business. And you and I were talking about some of the work that you're doing around a, a service for job seekers, right? For, for candidates. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, I mean, this is something we've, I don't know how I'm trying to, I can ran on something else here, but. Um, Wherever you want to go, man. You're the there's guy. not, I've always thought there's a need for actually helping people become better at doing their own job search. And, you know, there's taking a step back. There's a misconception of a lot of people. They think that it's a recruiter's job to find them a job. 
which it's not. Nope. It's a recruiter's job to help a company hire people. So, uh -huh. and if it works out the other way, that you help someone to find a job, that's great. And that's frankly, it's it's one of the better things about the job is that like there's that externality of that's like a good thing. Right. But it's not social work, right? It's the altruistic um, element of it. But we're ultimately yeah. the, whoever's paying our bill is the one we're we're beholden to. That's our client. Yeah, the client's paying so, me. That's the. But at the same time, it's kind of messed up because there's definitely people who need help with their job search that, um, you know, maybe aren't. You know, there's certain skill sets and you, you know some of them that like people who can find a job so easily no matter what it's an easy layup but there's a lot of other people who are very talented very skilled that might not fit squarely into those very regimented requirements to have a lot to offer but they're just not experts at job searching because nobody is right like how if if someone's been you know they were working for 10 15 20 years they made two jobs the market for a long time you're you're, you're gonna suck at job searching technology you don't techniques, do it right? right yeah they don't get so it. um and it's there's nothing wrong with sucking at doing it like you're not supposed to be good at it right so but at the same time too like how can we actually um help people actually become better at doing their own job search actually teaching helping teach them a skill um which will you know because they can carry it throughout the rest of their career so um, what we've been doing kind of in the phase one was really just, we have, you know, some extra bandwidth with everything right now. We've been doing a lot of conversations, um, with people, um, just kind of understanding, okay, just because any good recruiter should be able to help some out pretty, pretty efficiently. Um, just kind of listening to them, understanding kind of where they're struggling. And we've been having a couple hundred conversations across the organization so far. We're kind of logging everything, understanding people's questions. Um, putting our heads together because at Hirewell, we, everyone has a very different backgrounds. So a lot of people start in HR, like they'll start in internal recruiting. So people have different perspectives. Maybe they work in different fields or came from different companies previously, but we're actually putting together like a core curriculum. So soup to nuts in terms of like the, the early phases of understanding your story, targeting companies you want to work with potentially, you know, resume advice, LinkedIn, how to do personal brand on LinkedIn that's specific to job search, how to take a more direct approach, how to negotiate, how to interview. And interviewing is obviously like there's tons of different skill sets. So there's a lot that kind of goes into it. But then it's a matter of, you know, long term where we see this headed is kind of a mixture of things. So one, um, providing, you know, content services around all these different areas. So when people have very specific skills, making sure we're getting very deep beyond the BS, like you can, you can Google a blog on any topic out there and it's just rehashed of someone else's blog. Like we actually right. want to get very kind of deep in each topic, um, to actually providing some, you know, potentially technology tools, which help people manage their search. They can actually track where they've been, where they've been doing reminders. There's so many aspects that's to it a, that would make that's things a easier. big one there too, right? Like a project management tool for your search. Like yeah. where did I apply? When did I last talk? When do I need, like from a CRM perspective, how, how soon do I need to follow up? Did I follow up? Simple things like that are not out there, man. Yeah. And then three, like just one-to-one -one coaching, like, cause that's the biggest thing that I think that, um, I, I mean, I give away a lot of, of details for free on LinkedIn. Right. And, but the challenge is that you could, if someone could tell you to do something, it might make sense, but people are still going to have questions because when you're trying to apply it to what you're doing, it's, it's a completely different animal. So, um, so making sure we we're making ourselves available and we can provide some sort of service where you can actually, if you have questions, you can get kind of one-to-one -one coaching and stuff like that. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the goal. Like we've got, that's you know, going to take us a while to kind of get to that thing, but like, we've got some, we're, we've got the core curriculum coming together quite nicely. Um, so we're hoping to, to get things up and running sooner than later, but you know, as of now, um, I mean, the, the feedback we've gotten has been phenomenal just from kind of doing the free coaching we're doing. So we kind of put something out there that, you know, we're offering two free sessions to anybody, you know, who is, needs a hand, right? Um, we got so many responses, we had to, kind of had to, to close it off to just Chicagoland people because it was just like overwhelming, which is good. But, um, but it's been, 
yeah, it's, there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of talented people out there that just need a little bit of help. But, and it, it makes a big difference for them. I mean, the the question is, is it why? Is it almost like a spring training model, right? Like you want, you want, you look at them as your, your potential candidates that you're going to put out there to your clients and you want them just to shine. Is that the thought behind it? No, it's, it's not. Um, I, I don't really see it being tied into the recruiting business per se. Um, I think that, I mean, some, in some cases it certainly could, but I think it's, it's kind of a standalone service. Like there's, um, I, I could help. There's people within industries we don't work in that, or, you know, I don't really see it. It's not, it's not that self-serving where it's just like a farm system for all the other recruiting right. doing. I think it's, you have to, it's structured in a way where it can help absolutely anybody because I think that, um, yeah, I think it's kind of universal. So, I mean, do you see yourself, does, do you see the company potentially making this as a pay for service eventually? Like a, co- eventually, a paid yeah. project? I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's yeah, that's it's, the it's thought process there. Yeah, yeah I, it will be a paid for service someday. Um, it's, we're not doing this like out of the, completely out of the goodness of our hearts, but I think there's some, no, uh, in the short, in the short term it is, but it's, you know, kind of all we're asking for is feedback. But I think yeah. there's a, honestly, I think there's a big demand for it. And I think most recruiters just overlook it because, you know, companies have more money and can pay a lot more money than individuals can, you know, but, but you got to diversify, uh, right? That talks yeah. to the point about diversifying and added services too. I mm-hmm. mean, you've got to come up with new revenue streams, especially, especially now. And think about that. You, you kind of hitting on that too, the core expertise, a good recruiter is a really good career coach in theory, right? Like we understand the ins and outs. We know, we know the back doors. We know what gets through to recruiters. We know like what's going to shine on a resume. We know what we look for. We know about navigating the interview process and all those steps. So who better? I mean, I, I do know a couple of career coaches who are great and they were former recruiters, yep. you know? So um, it's, uh, it's an area where you're probably an expert in this and you don't even realize it. And I think a lot of recruiters are, mm-hmm. um, but it's a different business. It is a completely different business, you know? Yeah, so totally. it just kind of comes down to, um, I think it's just something that's good. It gets overlooked and we don't want to overlook it anymore. So a- abs- absolutely. So let's shift gears a little bit. Um, I, I admire the way you and Hirewell um, present your company and your personal self on LinkedIn. You guys are doing a great job of that. What's kind of your thoughts on, on, on your content strategy on LinkedIn? Come on, man. Gary V model, you know it. <laughs> no, so um, I've always found is I always found it was uh, it's easy to because I don't I don't do as how many how many podcasts do you do? Like how often? What's the frequency of them? Uh, traditionally, I do. I release one podcast a week in April. I doubled up to do two a week. And that's just because I've been backlogged and I was hoping to get a bunch more of them out and, you know, get some good people in front of people sooner. Okay. I mean, we're probably, you know, two to three a month, so a little mm-hmm. bit less, but, you know, I, I always found it's easiest to do, um, you know, create long form content, you know, do a podcast. I always do them live. So, mm-hmm. um, and I've also integrated recently, the yesterday was the first time I did one. It's, I did LinkedIn live. It's also a, a zoom webinar. So people can actually sign up ahead of time, register calendar links, all that kind of stuff, which I don't know why LinkedIn doesn't have it. How'd you link um, that? We'll talk about that offline. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about how, how, how did that? Um, so that was pretty cool. And then, and turning into a podcast and then, you know, you get so many clips and things you can share, you know, out of any good discussion. So, um, I think really the, the strategy, I guess, is in terms of delivery strategy is just, you know, make long-term content, cut it up into pieces, reshare kind of uh, rocket science. And stuff it like takes that. work. It takes work for sure, but it's not rocket science. It takes work, but it's easier than trying to create a lot of individual one-off pieces by a million miles over. You know million. what I mean? You have one good conversation. You can have, you know, five, 10 things that, you, that came out of it. So, exactly. you know, that's part of it, but you know, really it's just that I think, um, 
in terms of what we want to talk about, it's like we never talk about salesy stuff. Like the most selling I've done is the questions you asked me earlier about our business model, right? Like I never talk about this stuff very often. So that's uh, a recruiting might, podcast. We get it. We got to get to some nuts and bolts here. Yeah, like I might talk. I've, I've definitely talked about how much I hate contingent and and things like that, but um and and flaws I see in the model. But it, lately, I mean, everything we're talking about is more job seeker focused, which you can imagine. But mm-hmm. you know, we'll do podcasts on you know just kind of experts and anything related, anything HR. So we've we've talked about or anything marketing too, since that's one of my passions, but, um, but really just kind of, you know, anything that can provide actionable advice or a tactical takeaway and just putting it out there for free as a way of building our brand. Like that's, that's the thought process. So, no, I absolutely love it. So some personal questions, man. I mean, one thing I love about you is that you're real, you know, what does that word authentic mean to you? I try to break, I mean, every, um, I've tried to become more and more authentic, over time on LinkedIn, which is why I spend so much time like making sarcastic comments on people's posts. Cause that's just me, you know, like I've been like, I, it's fun. Any, yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's the internet, it's social media. And I yeah, think that <laughs> everyone, everyone, when it comes to like their business presence, um, I think people are way too stuffy and serious and you, everyone, most people, they're just afraid to be themselves. It's not that they're trying to be someone else. They're trying to be fake. It's just that they're afraid to be themselves in like a business setting. Hmm. Um, but once you start to just like, you know, lean into it a little bit and kind of relax and, you know, as long as you're a good person to begin with, <laughs> like people are going to appreciate you more and they're going to remember you more. And it's relatable. It's also, you don't have to, you don't have to think about it. You can just, you, you can just go. You know? I say so, that too, right? The only thing I have to think about, right, is, is the, the New York sarcastic snarkiness, as I call it, right? Cause that doesn't always translate well. Chicago, Boston, they pick up on it, right? We yeah. kind of cut for that similar, like, you know, urban cloth here, but I got to be mindful too. Like sometimes I'll drop a joke on LinkedIn and it will not land well. Right. It'll, it'll just I'm like, Oh, maybe I went a little too far on that one. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's, I've been, I've been on the internet since the, the mid nineties. So I've been, since Al Gore started the internet, right? Basically. Yeah. yeah literally. <laughs> so I've had a lot more practice than most people. So, I um, know, but I, I think, but the thing is, it's not just, it's not just about telling jokes, right? Like I think that, um, I authenticity for me is like any, I, I'll answer anybody's question. You know, people hit me up and in, in LinkedIn or whatever, and I'll just give them my honest thought happy to like, I'm always kind of carving out time just to kind of connect with people and talk with people. And, but that that's me though. Right. So not everyone likes being funny and sarcastic. Some people have different personalities, but you got to do you, you know, like, you gotta, I, you I think find that you, you got to, whatever your, whatever your normal everyday personality and style is talking to people should be the exact same way you present yourself online. And it's also so much easier, right? Like I never have to shift gears. I mean, I need to kind of monitor my, my curse words here and there, depending on the conversation. I need to kind of monitor some things I would kind of keep closed door kind of jokes too. But what you see is what you get. And I think that's why, you know, you and I connected. Um, You've been around the block. You've been recruiting for a long time. What's the greatest piece of advice that you've ever received that you take action on every single day? Greatest piece of advice. Um, uh, I mean, it's a boring one, consistency. Um, I don't think that's a recruiting specific, but I think any part of life, I think that um, having, uh, I, I don't think you can be successful without, having a plan, executing on it every day and just doing a day in a day out, no matter what. Um, it's a boring answer, nothing sexy about it, but I think consistency is the hardest thing for most people. Um, and I'm, and I, I can say like my career started doing better and better and taking off the more I learned that. Um, so no one like having a regimented process for your day. It's funny because the people in my office, like they think like that's me, like, 
like that was never me, right? I just like start doing it because you have to, you know what I mean? So now I'm the kind of person where I, I have a task list and if I don't get it done, like I feel terrible about myself, you know what I mean? It drives me crazy. So I feel better like knowing it's complete. But you have yeah. to have that consistency. It's so interesting too. So a quick little, quick little story here. My my first day of recruiting, you know, I, I pivoted into recruiting when I was thirty five, right? So I had fifteen years of experience behind me. So you had a, I had to be broke. They had to broke break me first before I get all those old habits out of me. But I, I was lucky enough to to learn under an old school recruiter who who led my firm up there, and he gave me a very similar piece of advice, which I do every single day: is plan your work and work your plan. Right. Like I know every morning when I'm going in, when I'm turning, going in, well, going in from my bed to my my desk next to my bed, um, you know, I, I have that mind. I have that mindset. Here's what I'm going to do today. And some days I have it written out like I have notes from the night before what I need to accomplish the next day. And I feel really good at the end of the day. The next day, like when I look back on it, if I if I hit 80 percent of them, I'm a happy man. I mean, you know how it is in recruiting. We get sidetracked. We get side. We get taken in different directions. But if you know you're sticking with it and you're getting the things that you need to get done, you feel accomplished and you're moving things in the right direction. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, it's still a numbers based business, right? As uh, frankly, most jobs are. Yeah. I think that like success is always comes down to you can make the sports analogies, batting averages and stuff like that. But that's still the truth of it, you know? So if you're not getting the work in, then you're never going to be successful. So boring answer, but that's it. It's it's absolutely true. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about coronavirus now. We're talking about, you know, there's a lot of bad going on right now, but there's also a lot of good too. I'd love if you could share a professional silver lining and a personal silver lining that you've experienced over the last seven, eight weeks? Professional silver lining. Um, I mean, not to go back to it, but the, the, the career services things we're doing, um, it's been, that's, I, I, okay, I'll, I'll put it this way. I, I said a few weeks ago that like, everyone should be working on their side hustle right now, or their pet project, or developing their skill. You know, most people right now have a little bit more time than they did before. I shouldn't, maybe not most, people. there's a lot of people right now like homeschooling kids. So, okay. If you're not doing that, <laughs> right. Let's no, caveat all that have, stuff. So caveat, we're not offending anybody caveat. The people who are yeah. five people in a one bedroom, those people have the people less homeschooling time. the people that are like, we're, we're being sensitive. We're yeah. speaking in generalities. Thank everybody you. Everybody who's got more time. Like, I think you should be working on some sort of side hustle or some sort of, some sort of new thing you've wanted to do. And for us, I mean, it's the, it's the career services, right? So the job seeker focused kind of services. So that's been like a professional server lining because it's just a new interesting business challenge. And for me, like my career, um, like the past several years, you know, now I'm running the marketing at HireWell. That wasn't the case three years ago. You know, the digital experience marketing group, we started that in 2014, 2015, like before. So getting to do every two or three years, getting to do something brand new has been good. So this unfortunately, I, I wish it didn't cause a pandemic to make me make my next kind of shift. In yeah, of course, too, that is the case. Um, personal silver lining. Um, you know, it's funny. I don't I don't know if you've noticed this, but like I've I talked to my friends, the stupid Zoom happy hours everyone's doing. Yeah. I think this is every like everyone's having more conversations with friends they've like been disconnecting with now than yeah. before. And it's just and there's no reason why you couldn't before. There's nothing that like all of a sudden it's like, oh, I have more time to talk. Like, no, you have the same amount of time to talk to your friends you did before, but you just feel like you need to now. And so it's it's been cool kind of connecting with some people that or at least connecting more frequently than than I had. No, that, that, that's awesome. And and last but not least, right? Like, listen, you've been through the ups and downs of recruiting. I'm sure you've had your bumps in life too. And, you know, sometimes you got to pull yourself up and, and, you know, dig down deep and really harness that inner tenacity. And on the flip side of it, right? Like when you just want to show gratitude, you know, you're happy for your family, you're happy for the life that you created and everything. James, what is your North star? What is my North star? 
Oof. What's your guiding light? What is it that you look to? What is, you know, the reason for your why, for everything that you do? It's a tough question. Um, well, if you listen to the show, you know it's coming. It's the same question I ask at the end of every episode, man. You know full well I don't listen to any podcast by anybody. That's always the funniest thing. Well, real quick point. Well, I'm going I'm to give a minute to think about this, but any podcast host is lying if they say that they listen to any other shows. They only listen to their own show. They don't listen to any- I don't even I mean- listen to my own show. I don't listen to like. I've always thought podcasting is like something you do when you have like a commute. So like my commute's like 20 minutes. I walk to my car. I drive to the train. I take it eight minutes. I'm, yeah. I walk to work. Like like if I had like an hour drive, I'd People do podcast, but yeah, I don't listen to any 85% ever. of my listens are in the car, man. My podcast listens are down this month, dude. Yeah. Okay. The car. All right. Get yeah, back I, to North star. What do you look to James? I've, um, I don't know if I look to anything aside from like, I have, I just have a personal expectation. You know, I have a personal expectation to always be doing my best, always be busting my ass every day and always be thinking of the next thing. So, um, I don't, it's, there's, there's not, I, I don't know of any other way than that. It's, there's not some greater inspiration or, or greater belief system. It's just that like, I would feel incomplete if I didn't know I was leaving it all out there. Yeah, man. No, I don't know. That's, that's awesome, man. James, this has been great. You know, I, I appreciate you, the knowledge that you bring, you know, our, our camaraderie and relationship on LinkedIn and just, you know, that same cloth that we're cut from that we want to add value. We want to enjoy what we're doing. We want to just make other people smile and, and help people out because that's where it really comes down to. So I appreciate you and your time here. Where could folks find you? Where could they connect you? Where could they learn more? Hit me up on LinkedIn, James Hornick. I'm pretty sure it's just uh, LinkedIn.com slash James Hornick is my, is my handle there. So easy to find. So connect with me and connect with anybody who wants to. Um, yeah, just uh, it's the best platform to hit me up on. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Good stuff. And everyone who's been joining us live, everyone who's joining us, listening in their ears, hopefully in your car soon. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember to follow us on all the social media handles. Check out past episodes on www.thepodcast.com and catch us next week for another great episode of the podcast. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode jam-packed with more incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com.